You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. This is When Christmas Speak Talk Radio. Today's broadcast is His Abounding Grace with Minister Vanessa Williams. Amen. This is a, a new broadcast of hers. Um, her topic today is a heart of humility. Um, coming out of Matthew chapter Matthew chapter six, a heart of humility. So we're about to get started in a few minutes. We do have a couple of quick announcements that we want to make. Just want to remind you that His Abounding Grace. Amen. It's every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Amen. It's about the grace of Mr. Vanessa. It's every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Declaring the finished work with Reverend Pat Randall is Thursday at 12 noon. Uh, Friday Night Joy with Reverend Ray and Friends is Friday at 7 p.m. The Bread of Life with Reverend Ray is the first Sunday and the fourth Sunday of the month at 7 p.m. And then Challenge to Change with Pastor Paul Morgan is Wednesday at 7 p.m. Monthly broadcasts are as follows. Lifeline with Apostle Shirley Jones is every first Monday at 7 p.m. The Bold and the Beautiful with Reverend Nevada Reed, Reverend Curtis Austin, Minister Jordana Cunningham. It's every second Saturday at 10 a.m. The broadcast gets for the, for the youth. Adoration with the Evangelist Lewis McElwain. Uh, brother is an awesome musician and preacher and teachers every third Monday of the month, amen, at 7 p.m. Marriage Takeover with the Body of One with Reverend Eric and Reverend Tamika Thompson. It's every third Sunday at 7 p.m. Hour three, Real Life, Real Men, Real Talk with Ray Rose, Austin Green, Cleophis Malone, amen, and Tyrone Rose, and Antonio Mitchell. It's every second Sunday at 7 p.m. Our weekly prayers, Midday Glory Prayer with Reverend Gwen Dixon. That's every Wednesday at 1 p.m. The dialing number is 712-770-5506. That's as cold as 732-499. Amen. And this is a free conference call. We do it. She does it every Wednesday at 1 p.m. So that will be on tomorrow. So again, I want to thank you for listening in up to When Christmas Speak Talk Radio. Amen. Here's the down and grace. I want to thank those that are on the different uh, social media platforms and of course those that are listening through iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, uh, just to, and Blueberry, just to name a few. Okay. Uh, please go and visit our website. You'll find a little bit more information about the different hosts and about us. Go to WhenChristmasSpeak.com. Amen. If you'd like to get in contact with us for any reason, you can do so by going to WhenChristmasSpeak uh, at gmail.com. Amen. Amen and amen. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started with Minister Vanessa Wim on His Abound and Grace, a heart of humility coming out of Matthew chapter 6. God bless. Well, praise the Lord. It's so wonderful to be with you again. I just want to encourage someone for the next few minutes to just trust God and listen to his word and see how it applies to your life and then go out and do what you need to do. This evening's message is called Don't Block 
your blessings. Stop. Don't block your blessings. We're going to go to God in prayer, and then we're going to get right into it. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, Lord. Thanking you, Father, for your many blessings that you've restored upon us, Father. And, Lord, we ask right now that you open up our understanding, Father, so that we can receive with clarity all that you have for us, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Father, that your word, in your word, it says when it goes out, it will not return unto you void. So right now, Father, I ask that you have your people listen, Lord God, and, and that they be sensitive to what you would have them to do, Father. And, Lord God, that this word may penetrate to the very depth and hearts of of man, and that we won't just keep this word to ourselves, Father, but that we'll go out and share it with someone else, Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for this radio ministry when Christians speak, talk radio, where you've given us an avenue to preach, teach, um, share with your people, Lord God, um, what you would have them to learn more about your word, Father, so that they can apply it in their daily lives. And again, so they can not just be selfish with it, but to go out and share with someone else. I thank you, Father, for giving me this opportunity, Lord God, to just learn your, and study your word more, Father, and so that I can apply it to my life as well. We give you all the honor, glory, and praise because you're worthy, Lord God, of all so many blessings and so many things. We can't count them all, but we know, Father, that you and you alone will get all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, tonight the message again is stop. Don't block your blessings. One of our main scriptures is going to come from Matthew 6, chapter 33rd verse. Very familiar passage in the NIV version. It says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. But seek first his kingdom and praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It is so wonderful to be with you again. Um, as we go about his word today, we want to just have you listen in and share this word with others. Our message this evening is called A Heart's Desire for Holiness. A Heart's Desire for Holiness. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. We ask you right now to touch, touch our hearts. And Lord God, if there be anything that's not pleasing to you, Father, we ask you to forgive us right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your cleansing power. We thank you, Father, that we are able to come to you, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that your forgiveness is close. And we are... thank you, Father, that you make all things right, Lord God. Lord, we ask Amen. you right now to touch the hearts uh, of your people. I'm going to hold on for a second. I, I'm playing the wrong message. <laughs> Amen. Uh, the message is called A Heart of Humility. Amen. And um, let's let's start this all over, all over again. Well, praise the Lord. It's once again an opportunity to be able to um, be with you for the next few minutes and just share some words of encouragement and hopefully some words that will help you on your Christian journey. This is Minister Van with When Christians Speak Talk Radio. First of all, I just want to give honor and glory to God for this station, When Christians Speak Talk Radio, this ministry. I thank God for Reverend Ray, and who is the founder of this ministry, and for the heart you have given him to serve 
um, your people. And now, right now, God, we come to you, Father, and we just thank you, Lord God, for all things, Father. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us another opportunity, Lord God. We praise your name, Lord God. God, you're so wonderful, you're so good, and you're so kind. Now, Lord God, you know who needs to hear this word tonight, Father. And, Lord, we ask as it go forth, Lord God, that you remind us, Lord God, that you said in your word that if it does go forth, it will not return unto you void. It will not return unto you empty-handed, that it will go out and accomplish that which you would have it to accomplish. It's not about us. It's not about me, Father. It's all about you, Lord God. And we pray right now, Lord God, that someone somewhere will be listening to this word, Lord God, and will be convicted to just move that much closer, to just draw that much closer to you, Lord. We thank you, and we give you all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. 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 Well, tonight's message is called A Heart of Humility. A Heart of of humility and if I was to give it a subtopic I would call it a servant's heart a servant heart our main scripture will be coming from Matthew 6 chapter but we have so many scriptures we want to share with you so if you are at a place where you can write some of these scriptures down as we go along you can do that and then in your own time um, begin to meditate on these scriptures and let the Lord speak to you through his word so the question I have for you is would you agree that a heart of humility is a servant's heart. Would you agree that a heart of humility is a servant's heart? A heart towards holiness. A heart that only wants to point others to Christ. When people think of you, when people see you coming, does a prayerful spirit first come to their mind or do they see you as an humble person not bringing attention to yourself? What is your preference? What type of person do you prefer to be around? More importantly, when God sees you, what does he really see? Someone who is always talking about what they do for others, someone who is always talking about themselves, or someone who rarely brings attention to himself, herself. Someone who continually lifts others up and gives God the glory and the praise. Are you a bragger of yourself? Or are you a bragger of God's grace and God's mercy? Are you always patting yourself on the back? Or are you laying up treasures in heaven waiting for that face-to-face meeting when God pats you on the back? When God says, says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yes, we're talking this evening about a heart of humility. Let's do a self-examination. Do you have a heart of humility? Or a heart of pride. What does God want? What type of person is God seeking? What type of heart is God seeking? Is your heart one turned towards pleasing God? What does a servant's heart really look like? Well, before we talk in more details about a heart of humility, that is the spirit of humility, let's first talk about what it is not. The opposite of humility is what? pride and what is pride I'm talking about selfish pride now well I looked up this word and it states that a pride is an inwardly inwardly directed emotion that carries two common meanings with a negative connotation pride refers to an inflated sense of one's personal status or accomplishments 
Hmm. An inflated sense of one's personal status or accomplishments. I recall there's a scripture that talks about don't think too highly of yourself. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way and the frowned mouth do I hate. That's King James Version. The Living Bible paraphrases in the same scripture, Proverbs 8.13, If anyone respects and fears God, he will hate evil. For wisdom hates pride, arrogance, corruption, and deceit of every kind. Hmm. Think about that for a minute. Proverbs 16.18 says, Pride goes before destruction, and in haunty spirit before a fall. So here's the question that I want you to keep asking yourself as you listen to this message. Are you pointing people to God or are you pointing people to yourself? Psalms 10.4 says, The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Psalms 36.11 says, Let not the foot of pride come against me. And let not the hand of the wicked remove me. Psalms 7.3.6 says, Therefore pride compasses them about as a chain. Violence covers them as a garment. So write these scriptures down. Psalms 7.3.6, Psalms 36.11, Psalms 10.4, and Proverbs 16.18. Now, there's another scripture, Proverbs 11th chapter, 2nd and 3rd verses. When pride cometh, there cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. That's the King James Version. There's another version that says, when pride comes, there comes dishonor, but with the humble is wisdom. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the falseness of the treasures will destroy them. You see, the spirit of pride does not come from God. Be careful that you do not allow this spirit to attach itself to you. Yes, pride would try to show its ugly head, but you have the power within you to cast it down right away. Don't don't allow the spirit of pride to root in your heart. It's destructive. Listen to this. I found this old favor that I want to read. It says, An ancient Indonesia favor tells of a turtle that could fly. He would hold on to a stick with his mouth as it was carried by geese. Well, when the turtle heard the onlookers on the ground saying, aren't those geese brilliant? His pride was so hurt that he shouted, it was my idea. Of course, he lost his grip. His pride became his downfall. You get it? His pride became his downfall. Somewhere along the way, I recall something like, you can get a lot accomplished when it doesn't matter who gets the credit. You can get a lot accomplished when it doesn't matter who gets the credit. Of course, we're talking about God getting the credit here in the spiritual. God getting the credit, not pointing attention to yourself. Let's go to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Matthew, sixth chapter, Jesus is speaking here. And he says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. 
too. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. 3. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may not be, may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So what is this saying here? It's saying, don't let your intent be to point people to you. Don't let your needs draw attention to you, me, myself, and I. Oh, look what I did. Look what I did. A heart of humility, a servant's heart. Which is better, to receive praises from God or to receive praises from man? From man down on earth or to receive praises from God when you stand before him? Prayer. And Jesus says, continuing on this scripture, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The seventh verse says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Eight, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. You see, when you pray publicly, just talk to God. Don't worry about using fancy words, fancy words in order to impress others. Pray with your heart. Who are you trying to impress? Here are two examples I want you to meditate on. Two examples that come from Luke, the 18th chapter, the 9th through the 14th verse. And then I want you to tell me which one is a prayer of pride and which one is a prayer of humility. Luke 18 9 through 14. And Jesus is given a parable here. And Jesus spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. 11. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, saying, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. 13. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus says, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So, of these two examples, which one do you find yourself identifying with? You tell me, which one is a prayer of pride, and which one is a prayer of humility? And where do you see yourself? Humility versus pride. What is your intent? Are you uplifting God, or are you trying to uplift yourself? Do you find yourself doing for others and then bringing attention back to yourself? What is your motive? To impress people or to improve your relationship with God? Do you make others feel indebted to you long term? What is your motive? 
How often do you find yourself wishing and hoping that someone would call out your name and give you recognition in public? What is your motive? Is God convinced you have a pure heart? Is God convinced you have a heart of humility, a heart towards righteousness, or a heart full of pride? Are you humbling yourself before man, or are you allowing pride to show its ugly head over and over and over again? A heart of humility, a servant's heart. What does it really mean when you say humility? Well, it's, a, it's variously seen as the act or posture of lowering oneself in relation to others or conversely having a clear perspective and respect for one's place in context. In a religious context, this could mean a recognition of self in relationship to a God, acceptance of one's defects, and submission to divine grace as a member of a religion. Humility, a heart of humility. I found a Daily Bread article a while back. It was actually dated October 25th, 2015. I want to read this to you because I believe this was a good illustration of an example of humility. In this text, in this um, message taken from the Daily Bread, it's called Behind the Scenes. And the scripture that they reference is, He must become greater, I must become less. The story reads like this. The outreach activities of our church culminated with a citywide service. As the team that had organized and led the events comprised of our youth music group, counselors, and church leaders walked onto the stage, we all excitedly applauded and poured out our appreciation for their hard work. One man, however, was hardly noticeable, yet he was the leader of the team. When I saw him a few days later, I thanked and congratulated him for his work. And I said, we hardly noticed you during the program. I like to work in the background, he said. He was not concerned with getting recognition for himself. It was time for those who did the work to receive appreciation. His quiet demeanor was an entire sermon to me. It was a reminder that when serving the Lord, I need not seek to be recognized. I can give honor to God whether or not I'm openly appreciated by others. A Christ-first attitude can, can subdue any petty jealousness or unhealthy competition. Jesus, who is above all, must become greater. I must become less. John 3:31. When we have this attitude, we will seek the progress of God's work. It is Christ, not us, who should be the focus of all we do. Jesus, be the center of my thoughts, desires, and actions. Control me and use me. I love this article, and I believe this is something we should be saying to each other, be saying to ourselves daily. Jesus, be the center of my thoughts, of my desires, of my, and my actions. God, control me and use me, Lord. You see, when I think of a heart of, of humility, this scripture also comes to my mind. Proverbs sixteen nineteen says, Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the pride. Not my will, but thy will be done. Putting God and other persons ahead of my own selfish interests. Humility and the fear of the Lord bringeth wealth and honor and life. Proverbs 22, 4. I want you to think about that as I pause for one minute. Humility. 
a servant's heart. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whosoever humbles himself shall be exalted. Matthew 23:11 and 12. And Jesus called a child to himself and set him before them and said, Truly I say unto you, unless you are converted and become as children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew's 18th chapter, 2nd to the 4th verse. Proverbs 22.4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Proverbs 15.33 says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Proverbs 18.12, Before destruction the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. And then in 1 Peter 5, 5, the scripture says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. This word humility is in the Bible so many times. And so many times, and I'm sure there's a reason for it. As there's a reason for every word that God says in his, in his words. For every scripture that's in his word. A heart of humility has no problem forgiving others forgiveness for the humble person knows forgiveness is key it's critical to a life of fulfillment in Christ now let me ask you a question has God told you to forgive someone and you just simply won't find it in your heart to do so hmm how do we get over here to unforgiveness well as Christians we have experienced the wonder of God's forgiveness Therefore, we have to forgive others. Just as God has forgiven us through Christ, we cannot be selfish. Mark 11:25 says, And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father, which also which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Ephesians 4:32 says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you Colossians 3:13 forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against any even as Christ forgave you so also do ye forgive others yes we are talking about a heart of humility i i know i'm giving you quite a bit of scriptures and you can come back and always replay these messages um because i did really do want you to meditate on a lot of these scriptures as particularly as it relates to a heart of Humility. Matthew 5.44 says, But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Is there someone you need to forgive this evening? With the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, yes, you can forgive. With the heart of humility, yes, you will forgive. Now, why is it so hard to forgive others? Pride. You see, because of pride, sometimes we are unwilling to realize that we may be the offender and not the offended. Pride is a dangerous thing, and it will keep us in bondage, and it is despised of God. Sometimes we take a covering of righteous indignation, and the Bible tells us that there is none righteous, no, not one. Sometimes we deliberately ignore a tense situation rather than pray about it and acting to resolve it. 
Pride will cause us to believe that we are morally superior to someone else because we have found something to condemn in others. And we know that Jesus told us in Matthew 7, 1, that we should not judge anyone. Jesus further goes on to say, Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thy own eye? Or how would thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote of thy own eye, and behold, a beam is in the own eye. Mm. Think about that. Sometimes we simply ignore God's word, which says, and it commands us to forgive others. Sometimes, sometimes, and let me tell, let me see if you find yourself here. You have a hard time forgiving others because you haven't forgiven yourself. You see, inner hurts run deep, but you need to stop beating up on yourself for something you did or didn't do fifty. 40, 30, 20 years ago. Are you saying that God can't forgive you when his word says he does forgive if you ask him? He forgives, he heals, and he forgets. Having a servant's heart. Having a servant's heart. Here's another article I found um, that's um, dated June 28, 2011. It's, it's this, this passage is called Share This On. And I'm going to read this article. The author says, I admit it, I like a clean house. God has blessed me with three amazing men who I adore, but who sometimes become oblivious to messiness. This past Saturday morning, I went upstairs and found that our bonus room had somehow turned into a fraternity house the night before. Blankets and pillows on the floor, popcorn remnants on the carpet, and in between the cushions of the couch, an empty ice cream bowl on a lamp table, and assorted DVDs left out on top of the coffee table. Did I sleep through a party? As I began to clean up the room, I caught myself, mumbling angrily under my breath, Hmm, I'm not anyone's servant. As those words hung in a virtue thought bubble over my head, I caught myself wondering, what Jesus would think of that comment. You see, we are all called to be servants like Jesus. But in 40-something years, I have not mastered that skill yet. In fact, I have run the other direction a few times in my life. In today's culture, being a servant has some real negative connotations attached to it. With that in mind, what does it really mean to be a servant of Jesus? Having a servant's heart means to not only put other needs ahead of your own, but to serve with the right motivation, and that is to put God's will first. Rewards, recognition, or even gratitude cannot be the motivation to live out true servanthood the way Jesus did. Perhaps it means giving up my own will and laying aside my rights in order to serve others selflessly. Hmm, that's interesting. Consider the following scripture concerning Jesus' service. And this um, passage I find goes on to say, um, reads the scripture, Philippians 2, that says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon himself the form of a servant. There's that word again. And was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, talking about Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, 
Thank you, Lord. Every knee shall bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. I thought this was a really interesting article that I found on the Internet. And this scripture I love, Philippians 2, that talks about Jesus being a servant. A servant's heart, a heart of humility. Now, let me pause here to say that you can't do this all by yourself. You cannot even strive to have a heart of humility if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. For having a relationship with Christ is the only way you will be able to have a heart of humility. For Christ suffering and dying on the cross is the best example of humility. Christ suffering and dying on the cross. So let me just go to Luke, the 22nd chapter of Luke. And as we paint a picture of Jesus as he's nearing his final days on earth, And Luke the 22nd, see if you see, I'm trying to paint a, 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 the, prime, the, the best example of humility I could think of. Luke 22:39 says, Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, 41st. Then he told them, Pray God that you would not be overcome by temptation. 41st and 42nd verse, Jesus walks away. Perhaps a throne's, stone's throw and knelt down and prayed this prayer. Father, if you are willing, please take away this cup of horror from me. But I want your will, not my will. And I inject here, humility. Jesus thought of us when he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Humility. The 43rd verse. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him, for he was in such agony of spirit that he broke into a sweat of blood with great drops falling to the ground as he prayed more and more earnestly. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus exercised humility all because he was thinking of us. He was thinking of you, and he was thinking of me. Jesus, a great example of, humil of humility. The 46th verse says, asleep. He says, get up to his disciples. He says, get up. Pray God that you would not fall when you are tempted. The 47th verse. But even as he said this, a mob approached, led by Judas, one of his own 12 disciples. Judas walks over to Jesus, kisses him on the cheek in friendly gesture. But Jesus said, Judas, how can you do this? Betray the Messiah with a kiss. Didn't Jesus know this was going to happen? Yes, he did. But here Jesus is, because of humility, allowing this betrayal to happen. And he did this because I believe he had me on his mind. I believe he had you on his mind. So the 49th verse says, when the other disciples saw what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Master, shall we fight? We brought along the swords, 50th verse, and one of them slashed at the half-priest's servant and cut off his right ear, the 51st verse. But Jesus said, Don't resist anymore. And Jesus touches the place where the man's ear had been, and he restores the man's ear. Because of humility, Jesus suffered these things to be. I believe he did this 
because he had the cross in front of him and me and you on his mind. Skipping down to the 57th verse, then Jesus addressed the chief priests and captains of the temple guards and the religious leaders who headed the mob. Am I a robber, he asked, that you have come armed with swords and clubs to get me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there every day. But this is your moment, the time when Satan's power reigns supreme. So they seized Jesus, and they led him to the high priest's residence, and Peter followed at a distance. 55. The soldiers lit a fire in the courtroom and sat around it for warmth, and Peter joined them. Because of humility, Jesus allowed these things to be. He had me on his mind. The 63rd and 64th verse. Now the guards in charge of Jesus began mocking him. They blindfolded him and they hit him with their fists and they asked, Who hit you on that time, prophet? Who hit you? And they threw all sorts of other insults at him. Mm. I'm trying to paint a picture here. Can you see him? Standing there, not saying anything, not fighting back. Because of humility, Jesus allowed these things to happen. You see, he had us on his mind. Skipping down to the 66th verse. Early the next morning at daybreak, the Jewish Supreme Court assembled, including the chief priests and all the top religious authorities of the nation. Jesus was led before this council and instructed to state whether or not he claimed to be the Messiah. But Jesus replies, If I tell you, you won't believe me or let me present my case. But the time is soon coming when I, the Messiah, shall be enthroned beside Almighty God. Jesus, humility. He allowed these things to happen, thinking of you and thinking of me. He had the cross before him, and he knew he was there to make the ultimate sacrifice. Then the seventh verse said, they all shouted, then you do claim you are the son of God. And Jesus replied, yes, I am. But he could have done more. You see, Jesus could have struck them all dead because of humility with the cross in front of him. He took no actions towards these people. What need do we have for other witnesses, they shouted, for we ourselves have heard him say it. Mm. Then... The entire council took Jesus over to Pilate. This is the 23rd chapter of Luke. The governor. They began at once accusing him. This fellow has been leading our people to ruin by telling them not to pay their taxes to the Roman government and by claiming that he is our Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked him, Are you the Messiah, their king? Yes, Jesus replied. It is as you say. Then Pilate turned to the chief priest and to the mob and said, So, that isn't a crime. Then they became desperate. But he is causing riots against the governor everywhere he goes, all over Judea, from Galilee to Jerusalem. Is he then a Galilean, Pilate asked. When they told him yes, Pilate said to take him to King Herod, for Galilee was under Herod's jurisdiction, and Herod happened to be in Jerusalem at this time. Herod asked Jesus question after question, but Jesus does not reply. Jesus stand before this earthly leader. Jesus, king of all kings, does not reply. All because of humility, Jesus suffered, thinking of you 
and thinking of me. The cross before him, he knew the path he had to take in order that you today, in order that I today, could be set free. Two others, criminals, were led out to be executed with him at a place called the Skull. There, all three were crucified, Jesus on the center cross and the two criminals on either side. And then Jesus says something. He says something interesting. He says, Father, forgive these people, for they don't know what they're doing. Can you imagine? We're talking about our God, Son, Jesus, who could have done so much to save himself. He calls out for forgiveness because he had me on his mind, because he had you on his mind. The cross before him, the path laid for him. Humility, unselfish acts, Jesus crying out for forgiveness for the people instead of thinking of himself. Jesus, do you extend forgiveness to those who you have done wrong? When Jesus was mocked and ridiculed and marched before Pilate and the others, when Jesus was accused of such awful things, through humility, he thought of us. He had us on his mind. He had me on his mind. He had you on his mind. Humility. When Jesus could have called their thousands of angels to come to his rescue when he was on that cross, that old rugged cross. When Jesus could have said to his father, Father, I changed my mind. They're not worth it. When Jesus could have simply disappeared from the cross, he thought of me. He thought of you. He knew this was a path he must take in order for me to be set free today. To pay the penalty for my sins, he chose the cross. Humility, the greatest act of humility, because he had me on his mind. Humility, the greatest act of humility, because he had you on his mind. Yes, because of what Jesus did, his death, burial, and resurrection, we have hope. Yes, because of what Jesus did for us, we have eternal life. Yes, because of what Jesus did for us, we look with great expectation to that day when there will be no more temptations, to that day when there will be no more pain, to that day when there will be no more suffering. Because of Jesus, we too should strive for a heart of humility. Yes, there are some of us who have not trusted in Jesus as Savior. And now I lay before you, this is your opportunity. Jesus did it all. But right now, while you still have breath, you too can have a heart of humility and not of pride. So if you're not saved, if you're not repentant of your sins, if you have not accepted Jesus into your heart, in other words, if you breathe your last breath this very moment, if you're not 100% sure that you will spend eternity with Jesus, I beg you, I plead with you, listen very closely. Listen very close, because this is your moment of truth. And this is what it's all about. For everything I've said leading up to now, if you have not made Jesus your choice, listen very closely. Nobody else can save you. I don't care what you hear in the world today. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by him. John fourteen sixteen. There is only one way to God, and that's through his Son, Jesus Christ. Acts 4, 12 Jesus said, neither is there salvation, Paul says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So I ask you right now, are you saved? Are you born again? Have you made the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord? 
You can do that right now. For Romans 10, 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The first thing you need to do is admit that you are a sinner. Romans 3, 10 says, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. The second thing you need to do is be willing to turn from your sin to repent. And the third thing you need to do is believe that Jesus Christ died for you, that Jesus was buried, and he rose from the dead. Romans 10, 10 says, for the, with the heart, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Through prayer, you can invite Jesus into your heart right now. Through prayer, he can become your personal Savior. Through prayer. Romans ten thirteen says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I thank God I'm a whosoever. I thank God you are whosoever. Amen. So right now, you can say this prayer with me. You can pray this prayer with me sincerely from your heart, not just because I'm telling you to, not just because I'm asking you to, not because I'm even pleading with you, but because one day you are going to stand before Christ. One day you're going to stand before Christ. Will he say to you, depart from me, I never knew you? Or will he say, come unto me, come unto me, um, you have um, been a good servant. You have a heart of humility. Is he going to say, come unto me? Will he say, come unto me? What would you hear Jesus say? What would you hear Jesus say? Well done, my good and, and faithful servant. Come down and rest, or will he say, depart from me? Romans ten thirteen. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So right now, this is what you can pray. And I'm going to, um, you, can, you can repeat after me sincerely, and it would be, you might not, you won't see no lights flash. You won't be tumbling over in the chairs, anything. This is faith. This is a faith moment right now. Dear God, I am a sinner. And I need forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ shed his precious blood and died for my sin. I am willing to turn from sin. I now invite Christ to come into my life and to my heart as my personal Savior. Hmm. Amen. Did you just do that? Did you just do that? If you trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, you, my friend, you, my brother and my sister, you're truly now my brother or my sister. You have just begun a wonderful new life with him. Now, get a good Bible and read it every day to get to know Jesus Christ better. Talk to God every day through prayer. Be baptized, worship, fellowship, and serve with other Christians in a local church where Christ is preached and where the Bible is the Father authority. And then don't be selfish with this. Tell others about Christ. Amen. Tell others about Christ. And I want to hear from you. So if you just accepted Christ as your Savior, we want to hear from you. Please email me and let me know. Here's my email address. His Abounding Grace, the number four, and ever, E-V-E-R, at gmail.com. Again, his abounding grace forever. And that's the number four, ever, at gmail.com. 
His abounding grace forever at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. We at When Christians Speak Talk Radio would love to hear from you because you just made the greatest decision of your life when you accepted Jesus as your Savior. And if you're already saved, I thank God for that. As you already saved, you're already on this Christian journey, and you're striving to have a heart of humility, we want to hear from you as well. We want to hear from you as well. We thank God for you listening in. And right now, we're going to go to God and close out in prayer. And until the next time, be faithful, my brother. Be faithful, my sister. Strive for a heart of humility. Strive for a servant's heart. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your word, Lord God, that's gone forth. And Lord, we believe, trust, and believe, Lord God, that your word has gone forth and it has accomplished that which you have purpose for it to accomplish. We thank you, Father, for listening ears, Lord God, and that people would go out, Lord God, to serve, that they would strive to have a heart of humility, that they would strive to have a heart of servitude, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for this vessel, Lord God, this vehicle, when Christians speak, talk radio. And then, God, we thank you, Lord God. Blessings upon blessings, Lord God, have been restored upon your people right now, Father. And we believe, Lord God, that the best is still yet to come for those who love you, for those who trust you, for those who put you first in all that they do. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you, Father. Amen. Amen and amen. Until the next time, God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. A heart of humility. Uh, thank you, Minister Vanessa, for an awesome word. Amen. You will be able to listen to this broadcast in its entirety, probably in about uh, 20 minutes, either on Blog Talk Radio or the other platforms that we broadcast on. Amen. But we thank you for coming by today. Amen. If you'd like to get in contact with Minister Vanessa Wills, um, you can get in contact with her. At when Christians speak at gmail dot com, she's gonna. I'm gonna get in trouble for that because she did give me an email, and we're gonna post that out. Amen on it on the different sites. Amen. But God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Amen. God bless you. <laughs>